Welcome back to Nachiyomi. We are attempting to learn through Perak Zion, the seventh chapter of Sefer Yoshua today. We left everything rosy after the conquest of Jericho yesterday. Everything sounded great. Here is where the first bump in the road happens. This chapter is really about the Cherem. Remember, as Yoshua was about to let the people call out and the walls were about to fall down, Yoshua added an extra detail to what Hashem said. And that was, is that everything of the city is to be destroyed. Nobody's taking any loot from this battle. So the, the Perak starts out by telling us that one person, whose name was Achon, Ben Karmi, Ben Zavdi, Ben Zerach from Yehuda, was, took something from Jericho. He slipped something into his, into his uh, possession. So what happens next is nobody realizes what's happening. And uh, Yeshua goes on to the second battle, the battle against a small city called Ha'ai. And Israel, feeling very confident about their previous battle against Yericho, says, we don't need to really send the full-blown army. Let's just send in 3,000 um, foot soldiers, 3,000 3, infantry. Um, and it should be an easy battle. Now, they aren't given um, miraculous um, examples or instructions like beforehand with Yericho. But nonetheless, they feel confident in, in this battle. Unfortunately, calamity ensues, and they are chased by the enemy. 36 soldiers are killed, and Israel are really in a state of disarray. They, they, they are in a state of you know, complete disquiet. They, they realize that something really wrong has gone on. And Yeshua reacts in an unusual way. He, he gets down, he tears his clothes. He realizes that something they did spiritually was wrong. Interestingly enough, he does not blame the politicians, he does not blame the generals, he does not blame the weaponry, he doesn't blame the weather. He actually tears his own clothes and takes responsibility spiritually for what must have gone wrong. And uh, he says, like, Baruch, how could you bring us this far and, and then do this to us? You're like, Are you, you're destroying us. Um, and uh, what will the rest of the nation say, which are actually two voices, or Angel points out is the voice of Israel and Moshe together, fascinatingly enough. And uh, what, what Hashem says to him is, Yoshua, come, come, Lach, get up. Why, why are you so upset? They sinned. They, they, they took from the cherem. And uh, what you're going to do is you're going to find out how, who, 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 who did. So here's the way you set it up, Yoshua. You're going you're gonna to do a, a, a goral. You're going to uh, do a lottery. And the lottery is going to find who it was who, uh, um, who, it was who actually uh, stole from this. So, and that, that person, their family will be burnt. And the cherem will be burnt in fire. Yoshua does exactly that. And the Goral comes out on the, on the, on the Shevet Yehuda, and it comes to the, the, the family of Zarchi, Zerach, which is one of the royal families in Yehuda, and it goes down to the, 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 the smaller family of Achon, and, and uh, then they trap Achon. And Achon admits openly that he stole, and he tells what he stole. He stole some gold, some silver, that he, that he hid underneath, he buried underneath his tent, and they go find it, and in fact he is implicated. Um, and the, the Torah tells us that Yoshua takes Achan and his belongings and every, all, all his children out and they um, stone them and then uh, um, they burn them and, uh, and the things that he stole and uh, place a pile of stones on his grave till today. And uh, with that, the anger of Hashem dissipates. There is a tremendous amount to ponder when it comes to this parak. just want to put a few things on the map for thinking individuals and that is the following number one is is 36 people like in the scope in the scope of things is that really like a real loss in battle i mean come on let's think about it when we, when we think about losses in battle uh, every person counts but you know like they said 3,000 people you know a loss in battle 36 doesn't sound like such a critical number 
Um, so the Mephorshim points out that Kod Chazal, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, the Radak points out that um, it actually doesn't say 36 people. It says, ish, like 36 people. That's an important number because maybe it wasn't that they lost 36 people. Maybe they lost actually a leader, somebody who was very, very critical. And the, the, the Gemara says that they lost Yair ben Menashe, one of the, the old, uh, elders of the previous generation, very, very powerful man who established a lot of cities on the east bank of the Jordan, um, was killed in this battle. And why like 36? Because he was like... He was such a leader, a wise man, that he was like most of the Sanhedrin. The, name, the magic number in the Sanhedrin is 71. To get a majority, you need 36. And that's why the Tanakh is emphasizing that it was a, a, a critical spiritual loss, which is why Yoshua was doing tearing Kriya, which makes a lot of sense. Um, when, it, when it comes to over here, Mo'ahakosh Baruch's reaction is Kum Lach. Yoshua, get up. It sounds like it's almost like Hashem's shifting the blame back to Yoshua. Why so? Why is Yoshua responsible for what went on after all? Meaning like, you know, somebody, somebody just slipped something into, the, into, into his own uh, sock bag. We're like, what's going on? Why is Yeshua responsible? So Rashi presents a few options. Two of the options that Rashi presents is, number one is, Yeshua, why weren't you in the battle? I mean, like you're, you're complaining that they, they lost this battle. Where were you? Where was the general? That's number one. Number two is a really dramatically terrifying idea that Rashi says. And that is, he says, he, HaKosh Baruch turns to Yeshua and says, Yeshua, who made the Chirim? Who made this prohibition? That, that B'nai Israel would not be able to take from the, the, the actual spoils. It was you. I didn't say that. You're sure if you want to put Haramim on the people and you want to say everything's off bounds, you've got to be 100% sure that you know the people can withstand that. But if you want to go the extra mile and put a Chumrah on the entire community and make a Haram of Yericho, make an example of not taking the, or, or taking the spoils, You've got to be absolutely sure everybody's going to be abide by that. So Akash Baruch says, You're sure? Take a good look in the mirror. Who's responsible for this loss? Is the leader who didn't estimate his people properly. He didn't know where they were really holding. Very shocking idea. It speaks to the, to, the, to the core of leadership and how people are supposed to understand their constituency to the real, real degree. Finally, last point just to ponder. I'll leave this as a question. It seems ambiguous in the Psukim as to whether your Ochon, who was the person who, st who stole, whether Ochon's children were also killed. And it's a very, very difficult thing to think about. It's, it's, it, we have to kind of wonder to ourselves, if his children were killed, what did they do? Were they really, did they were also taking the gold? How, how is there this notion of punishment which extends beyond the perpetrator themselves? This parak itself is replete with that idea because oh, yeah, sometimes a, a mistake that you're sure made has implications on other people's deaths as well. So this parak talks about the notion of collectible intergenerational punishment in a way which requires a lot of unearthing, food for the, for the thought, um, just just worthwhile contemplating, thinking, and uh, please send responses via Nachnuk. Looking forward to... Uh, to speaking with you, have a wonderful and meaningful day.